Mom reached out to run two fingertips slowly along the underside of my shaft, all the way from the bulbous helmet down to the balls, making my rock-hard penis jerk and jump, impatient to be introduced to its first pussy. When I also let out a throaty groan, she shot me a concerned look, though. Hello, and welcome to Your Mileage May Vary. We talk about sex and relationships. I am Mike, and my co-host Keith is still in Aruba or Curaçao or some Caribbean island. So for the first time, we're doing a solo episode with just me, um, which is going to be great. Uh, I have an incredible amount of content lined up for you, our listeners, um, and we're going to just blast through it and see how much we can get done today. Um, tons and tons of questions. We have some listener feedback and questions from listeners, as well as uh, some other special content that I've put together for today. And yeah. let's just get started. Um, so we haven't done much listener con- listener feedback on the show uh, in the past. We have a large and growing listener base, um, and we encourage people to give us feedback at uh, ymmvpod at gmail.com. You can follow us at Twitter, uh, ymmvpod, ymmvpod on Twitter. Uh, we also have a Facebook group, and we have a meaningful size and growing Quora group where people post questions. We haven't actually taken any from there yet, but we will start potentially at some point. So you can check that out as well at Quora.com. Your mileage may vary on there. Um, But we do get a fair amount of email, uh, people asking questions and feedback. And so I thought I would go through some of it today um, and see uh, see if I have some responses to what people say. Uh, When people send us emails, a lot of times we offer them the opportunity to come on the podcast. Most people don't reply to be fair, when we say that, making me wonder whether someone hijacked their account to ask the question or to give the feedback, or maybe they just are too embarrassed, or maybe they're just irritated that we replied at all. When we do offer for people to come on, uh, almost none except um, we've concluded that asking people to come on is a microaggression, which makes sense. Um, it's just too much for them. So uh, we'll continue to do it. And if people want to like, you know, live ask us questions or come on, you know, there's a chance we could do that. Uh, some of the folks we have have asked questions, actually a fair number of women, uh, though we don't have, we, we assume our audience is like 90% men. Um, Monica wrote in to tell us that she loves so- swallowing semen. Uh, I think she's responding to Keith's uh, oft-repeated uh, dislike of blows because he's concerned that there's no chance that someone could enjoy that. Um, I'm not really surprised, Monica. Uh, I think that there are, well, I mean, I assume that when you say you love swallowing it, what you mean is that you love, you enjoy it when it's with a person that you want. I mean, you're, you're not going to, you're not lining up at the local, uh, glory hole to do this. Uh, you don't just want to pick a random guy. You're interested in, um, doing it for or with, uh, somebody that you care about. And that makes sense to me. Um, unlike Keith's experience on this matter, uh, it makes sense to me. I mean, it's something I I can understand, um, both from the sort of dominant submissive, uh, aspect of it, but also just like, I actually, I mean, it just makes sense to me that like somebody could enjoy this activity, um, because like they're participating, they're participating in an act with their partner and 
yeah, it's something they like to do. So I actually think, I don't know if the majority of women do. I've seen uh, in my shameful use of TikTok recently, I've seen like, well, there was a comedian on there who was saying that uh, she has learned, she, you know, she basically questions the validity of spitting because you have to like basically run to the bathroom. Although you could have something to spit, like a spittoon, something near the bed. It could be made or like a, I guess like a handkerchief, toilet paper, something like that. Or, I mean, I guess you could, I mean, it's in porn, like it's pretty common nowadays to like have the guy pull out a nut all over the woman in some, you know, her stomach or butt, something like that. So a woman could start doing that too, right? I mean, she could just give blows and then like spit the semen back like on his stomach. You see women in porn drool it back. I don't really like that. I think women shouldn't do that. I would recommend against it. Um, you know, but if you, yeah, if you're anyway, the, the, the basic concern this comedian brings up, which makes sense to me is that like, if you do that, you're having to taste it more, it lasts longer. Uh, and that makes sense to me. So, I mean, there's another thing, which is just like a plastic practicality element. Um, now if a guy is producing like an unreasonably large amount, or if it's like just something filthy, disgusting about it, maybe he smokes a lot or something then I could see it being kind of gross. So anyway, I believe you, Monica and, uh, Keith's, uh, Keith's responses to this stuff, notwithstanding, it makes sense to me. All right. So we have another listener, John. Uh, he wrote in to ask us, ask us, this is sort of a boring question. So I'll get to it quickly. What are the best and worst parts about hosting a sex podcast? Uh, I mean, yeah, probably, um, I don't know. The, 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 the worst is definitely like the dick pics we get, the no money we get. It's impossible. I mean, we don't even want to do sponsorships, but I mean, <laughs> how would you really do them on a sex podcast? Although to be fair, like our competitors who we hope to unseat uh, over the coming uh, weeks and months as we grow our audience. And you can of course help us in that by telling people about our podcast. Um, you know, they do a lot of ads. I haven't listened. I should pay attention to what the ads are for because like, what could you possibly advertise on such a podcast? Like who's going to want, I guess, like fleshlights, which by the way, I was on Amazon earlier today. For some reason, I typed in fleshlight and like they didn't have them. They had like they had like fleshlight accessories, which is kind of funny. They're selling accessories, but not the fleshlight itself. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I mean, like you know, yeah, getting dick pics and the no money, I would say, is the is the worst part about it. The best part is, uh, of course, learning uh, uh, your co-host's uh, masturbation style. You know, I mean. You, Nothing better, nothing better than getting a detailed rundown on exactly uh, how that works out. Um, and the chicks, <laughs> the chicks is the other great part. Actually, I mean, you know, what we'd like to do is get more of them, uh, but we uh, we've done okay, we've done okay with uh, with getting lovely young ladies on the podcast. I think we will continue to have some success there. And as we again, you know, become more popular, I mean, I don't know if. Uh, well, talking about this sort of stuff is probably more compelling to attractive young ladies as the audience they can do it in front of grows. And we have had a significant amount of interest, although we haven't really taken much, taken many, we haven't really taken people up on it, but there is sort of an interest uh, from like the sort of cam community. We also actually have gotten some interest from like people who've written books and stuff like that. That is a little less interesting because they're just going to be telling us nonsense, just blah, 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 uh, politically correct stuff. Uh, I mean, we've looked at like what people suggest. I'm not going to name names, but it's not particularly interesting. Okay. Let me move on here. So two women uh, wanted to know if Keith is available. Keith, not me. Of course it's Keith because we've, as we made it clear, Keith is 
the the uh, one who is uh, more successful. Well, I, I'm married, but also like he uh, he's had more of the uh, sort of top something percent uh, kind of Chad. I think Keith is actually like sort of a synonym for Chad. Chad, of course, being uh, a name that's given to people in the um, incel community who are able to who like women approach in bars. Uh, I've personally seen Keith be approached by a woman. I've actually also personally been there when he was approached and then repelled the woman, something I'm proud of, uh, thus uh, cock blocking him uh, by being repulsive, not physically repulsive, uh, like attitudinally repulsive. I'm, I'm, I'm okay looking. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, is Keith available? I mean, Keith is, as, we, as we've said, he's in a, uh, an ethically non-monogamous relationship. So yes, he is. Uh, he would have to reveal uh, whatever you propose to his uh, significant other who has been on the show. Uh, but yeah, you, know, you should hit us up at ymmvpod uh, at gmail.com if you want to uh, uh, proposition Keith. He lives on the West Coast, but I mean, as you know, he's been in the Caribbean islands cavorting. So you never know where he's going to be. And uh, there's some availability that potentially for a woman, I don't think it would be for a man. And then we also had a, uh, a woman who was looking for a threesome with Keith, with I, which I also think is uh, possible, although we would want to know if it's MMF or MFF. That's going to be important. Um, okay. Next topic here. We've got Jessica. Jessica wants to know, um, what kind of literatica turns us on? I'm actually going to uh, put a pin in that one, Jessica, and I will uh, – actually, none of it turns me on. That's going to be your uh, <laughs> your like preview. However, uh, I, am, I did uh, take the time to uh, dig some up that I will uh, go through in a couple minutes after I finish with some more of this uh, listener feedback, and we can uh, together explore a few different literatica bits that I will read. Um, you know, some of the top sex and relationship really sex podcasts on Apple Podcasts, at least, are just people reading Literatica, um, which, you know, may- maybe I can turn some of you on. Hopefully, hopefully I'll turn on women, but it might be men. I hope it's women. Um, okay. Um, Rachel is tired of me mansplaining about female orgasms. <laughs> so, you know, you think I'm only going to read things like, oh, someone wants to date Keith, but I'm not just going to read that. Uh, so, well, you know, if people want to jump in with some negative stuff, we'll get there. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, fair, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I'm speaking from the male perspective, although with a fair amount of research. I mean, look, I mean, you can't sort of uh, switching my gender, which is not uh, on my agenda. It would be difficult for me to uh, speak to this with any more precision than I have. Um, but I think like, I think it's fair to say, and uh, new listeners can go back and listen to our archive and hear that I have like various skepticisms about women who claim to have like many, many, many orgasms in a row. And look, that's just coming from like a chemic chemistry biology standpoint of where, where are these hormones coming from? Where are the pleasure chemicals? I mean, there's some limit, right? I mean, otherwise people could just, uh, have orgasms without end. They could, it would be like taking heroin. Although heroin does exist, but I mean, I don't think there's like a big reservoir of heroin inside people's body. Anyway, uh, there's, in other words, I'm starting from first principles there and also from my experience as a man. So they're not like insane things, but fair enough that like, yeah, I mean, basically there's an element of like censorship here. It's like, well, you know, if I can't talk about the female experience, then, you know, and by the way, also, uh, Rachel, we've had uh, female guests on who largely have confirmed and I mean, we, look, we want to have women on that have different experiences. Um, I think uh, Alyssa has had some experiences that differed from 
uh, uh, one of our female guests uh, from some of the things I've said. So that's an interesting one. You could go back and, and listen to episodes with Alyssa on. Um, and, you know, we don't shout her down. I mean, you know, it's believable and fine. But uh, yeah, I mean, for the most part, like, look, the stuff that a lot of the stuff that I'm kind of railing against on here is not railing, but I'm, I'm complaining about is some of the portrayal of female experience that's done on chatterbait you know, cam sites, like these sorts of things. And I have talked to women kind of behind the scenes on these things. And it, it, look, they're, they're performing. There's a lot of performance going on in these situations. And I think it's useful for men to know that there's performance there. And we get a lot of the questions we answer are, are men who are like confused by that and think that they are really giving the woman, uh, you know, 10 orgasms a night with PIV sex. And they're just not. And it's good for men to know that. Um, but yeah, fair point. You know, mansplaining is not great. Okay. We get a lot. We've gotten a number of feedbacks from people, uh, that men and women, that want to tell us that uh, squirting is real. Uh, it happens, and blah 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 blah. It coincides with orgasm. Mostly men, not only men, meaning the people that give the feedback, but it's still mostly men that say this. Look, um, okay. The question is not whether it happens. It happens. You know, like the, the question is. You know, we had somebody write in. I'm not going to go read it, but it's something about oh, I've. I tasted it because it happened. Uh, this was a recent feedback. It tasted. I tasted it because I was giving oral at the time, which is kind of gross. Whatever. I mean, okay. So essentially, it's like a you're giving oral sex to a woman, and then it turns into some kind of weird water fountain experience. Uh, but okay, he was giving oral to a woman. It happened, and he said it was tasteless and odorless. Which, like, first of all, I mean, you're in the middle of giving oral to someone. Are you sure it was tasteless and odorous, odorless? But okay. But secondly. Uh, I mean, pee can be tasteless and odorless. Look, it's it's urine, okay? You know, and 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 it's just urinary incontinence. Women are losing. I mean, their 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 urethra is sort of in the same general region. It runs, you know, it's shorter. It's 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 not like the penis where there's like a valve that turns it off for the semen to flow through. So when they have orgasms, like their body gets a little confused, and that can happen. And it's become trendy. Um, yeah, the, the two things that have become really trendy in porn and discussion are squirting and analingus. I never thought analingus would become trendy. I never would have thought that in my life. I always thought it was kind of a funny word and not a thing people would do much, but apparently it's a thing that the kids are doing. So there you have it. Uh, I believe it's real uh, and I can believe that it coincides with orgasm. It's none of that. It's just that I think it's pee. That's all. Uh, because in my basis is there is no organ in the female or male body. There's no like extra organ to hold some fluid like that that's going to be ex excreted in general. Um, and it makes sense that it would be urine because that's where the, uh, urethra is on the woman. Okay. So I put a pin in this comment, this question from Jessica earlier about eliterotica, and I'm going to come back to that. And let me, um, pull up a couple things here. Now I went to, I actually don't spend a lot of time with literotica. Maybe I should. When I was much younger before like porn was as available, I did spend more time. I remember there was some site you could use that would actually auto scroll literotica. So you could like push a button and it would scroll. So that way you could, you could read and have it scroll in front of you while you were beating off hands-free. So that way you could use two hands, which was fantastic by the way. Thank uh, whoever did that. But I've moved on. Most people have to um, video content more recently, VR, of course. Um, although as we've discussed on the show, VR is less sort of underwhelming. Um, but okay, I, I've returned to the, to the, uh, literotica and one thing, so I went to, I went and searched around and I searched specifically for like high rated literotica. And one thing that immediately caught my eye, which was surprising is that like, like porn literotica 
appears to be like inundated with these uh uh like stepmother incest <laughs> little erotica which i didn't actually know was going on so i thought maybe uh you know uh, Jessica wanted to know what my favorite was. I don't have one, but I thought I could read some to you and maybe I could turn you on a little bit. I doubt it, uh, but I'll give it a try. Um, so here we go. This is from uh, Pushing My Luck. Uh, the story is called Pushing My Luck and it comes with a warning that it's a mother-son incest story. And it goes, <clears throat> neither, of us, neither of us said anything, but there was nothing that needed to be said. When she arrived at my bedside, I was too eager to throw back the sheets in blatant invitation. I always sleep just in my boxers. And so this time when her eyes dipped, she was rewarded with the sight of my drawers straining to contain me. That's not very hot. I reached out with one hand to pull my cock out. My hard cock out. But she stopped me with a wordless smile, preferring to do it herself, taking hold of each side of my underwear. She turned them inside out as she slowly hauled them down. And I sent off a quick thank you to whatever deity might be listening that there were no pee stains or skid marks. How is that hot? What? <laughs> okay. The boxers were dropped unceremoniously to the ground. Like, seriously? Like, how is you're masturbating? Like, this isn't good. Okay. The sound of a real live woman squealing with pleasure as my manhood was unleashed. That's never happened before in the history of the world. Quivering in its eagerness to be put to use to the use it was made for, certainly was a nice boost to the old ego. Here's the key paragraph. <laughs> Mom reached out to run two fingertips slowly along the underside of my shaft, all the way from the bulbous helmet down to the balls, making my rock-hard penis jerk and jump, impatient to be introduced to its first pussy. By the way, it's spelled with an apostrophe. Yeah. When I also let out a throaty groan, she shot me a concerned look, though. I mean, it's his mom, so wouldn't she know if he had skid marks? She's probably seen skid marks. I can't, I can't get past the skid marks in the underwear comment. All right. Uh, all right. Quietly, my darling, she instructed in a whisper. We don't want Leslie to catch us like this. Who's Leslie? Okay. I answered with a nod. My big sister occupied the room next to mine, and knowing her habits as I did, it didn't take a genius to realize that she was probably still in there sleeping. It was rare for her to go home from a dead blah, blah, blah. It's getting boring. Okay. My mom, mom carefully climbed up onto the bed then, straddling me. She reached down between us with one hand, taking hold of my cock and ste me, steering it into herself until our most intimate parts were in perfect alignment. Oh my God. Okay. So this is, I, okay. With the head of my cock at the entrance to her cunt. That's really hot there. She hesitated a moment, searching my eyes. I guess she was making absolutely sure I wasn't having any last minute reservations about committing incest with her. Like, this is not, this is just you know, terrible. Like, what's wrong with these people? Mom pressed my length in between her swollen cunt lips and rode it up and down. Okay, so let me move on here. So that was uh, that one. Okay, but here, I mean, and this is not unique, by the way. Like, this is a really common genre. I don't want to belabor this, but uh, okay. Persuading, this is another story. Persuading shy mom to pose. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Bent over, she replied, slightly surprised. Yeah, it will look great, mom. Come on, try it. It might be fun. Okay, I guess it'll be harmless, she said as she began to bend over, the skirt tightening over her nice ass. I felt my breath quicken <laughs> as I watched her snapping pics from a few angles. Wow, mom, you look gorgeous. 
your legs are incredible in those heels as you bend over. I mean, like things a woman, a woman never wants to hear from her kid. Like that, she would just commit suicide immediately. Okay, I knelt down behind her. Can you put one hand on your uh, on your bum, mom? This must be a Canadian. Maybe I don't know. Sorry to our Canadian listeners. I know we have a lot, uh, but bum is a Canadian word. Okay. Slowly, looking unsure, she did as I asked. I snapped pics furiously as the level of unstated sexual energy began to grow in the room. That looks great, mom. <laughs> Why does he have to keep saying mom? It's terrible. Amazing. Can you sit down now on the couch with your legs crossed? I'm sure she's going to uncross her legs. Let me scroll down a little bit here. Mmm, that is nice, mom. Very nice. That bra looks gorgeous. Very sexy. Let me scroll down more here. Can you turn around and do that, mom? I asked as I knelt down and watched. Okay, just it just keeps on going like this. Let me move on here. All right, so I'll move on from the uh, uh, incest literatica because that doesn't turn me on at all. I'm sorry. Uh, it's it, it makes me want to. I mean, it's, it doesn't turn me on. Let's just say that. Okay. So this is uh, literatica. My wife wanted to save her virginity from marriage. Now, this is good. This this will turn you on. All right. She turned around, got on her knees, and started unbuckling my jeans. She pulled my cock out and slid it into her mouth without hesitation, one hand on the base of me, the other hand buried between her legs. It was pretty good. Okay. Her blowjob skills were, as always, very impressive. And she soon she had worked up a nice, wet mess from her enthusiastic licking, spitting, stroking, and deep-throating. That's kind of gross. All right. I could feel myself get closer and closer to finishing, but I decided that today her mouth wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't be my hole of choice. <laughs> okay. This is not aimed at women, obviously. Okay. I slid my hands up to the back of her head and grasping her hair firmly in my fist, I slowly pulled her eager mouth off my sloppy cock. So I like how they add adjectives like eager and sloppy. It's, it's nice. If you remove those, like the story's kind of boring. She looked at me with pleading eyes, another good adjective, waiting for my next move. I pulled her away from me slightly and with firm but gentle pressure on her shoulder indicated that she should get on her back. Mm -hmm. She gave me a bratty sm smirk and resisted my instructions. I decided that discipline was necessary. All right. Let me, uh, let me uh, scroll down here. Okay. A sharp slap echoed through the room as my open hand came in contact with her soft round ass. Note the adjectives again. Her giggles became soft moans as I groped her. Taking control and having my way with it. I want to I move down to where this guy orgasms. All right, let's see. Oh no, I devoured her ass until she was a sloppy mess of her own before kneeling behind her, grasping her hair in one hand and slipping a finger into her other hole. Wait, which hole was is he in? I, I skipped some stuff, sorry. She let me toy with her. Then she said, I want, to, I want you to put your cock in my ass. I think that's usually how this works. Uh, I noticed that I wasn't quite as messy as wait, what? I wasn't quite as messy as I was before. So I put her on her back and I told her that I need some lubricating before this would work. She dutifully throated my cock. Yeah, I mean, the thing that's weird about this, I mean, I guess this is hot, but I don't think a woman would master. Yeah. So I actually saw some more like female oriented stuff, but the problem is it was really slow. And like, if I read it on the podcast, it would just take forever. Like it was just like, you know, the, it starts off and they're like, you know, their eyes meet. And then they like, you know, four pages later, they like first have a conversation. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. So maybe that, yeah, this isn't really a romance novel for women. Uh, anyway, just as I was about to come, she slipped two fingers in her pussy. Wait, is his cock in there at the same time? 
and I could feel her fingers in her against my cock and her ass. Oh, I get it. Okay. She begged me to fill her hole with my cum and I pushed hard, feeling myself throb and empty in her. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Also, her pussy contracted as she came. So his orgasm triggered hers, which, um, you know, CF my earlier comments. That doesn't happen very often. Okay. Um, I have another one, but this is getting boring. So I'm going to move on to something else here. Maybe we'll come back to it. Um, okay. So I have another treat for, for myself slash you guys for the, for the seven people who are still listening after I grossed you out there or I grossed you out or you have already nutted from my hot sounding voice. And if you already nutted, then you've probably turned off. But we, we know, by the way, from our analytic data that a lot of people like, it's actually funny, you know, I never thought about this before, but we know from our data that, um, like we have, you know, N listeners to an episode or whatever. And then, but like five N times that play is pressed or 10 N even meaning like for each one hour episode, like, uh, people are listening to it six minutes at a time. So maybe what's going on is people are masturbating to us talking, right? Six minutes. That could be right. So maybe that's, what's going to go on. So I hope, hopefully that's, you know, well, yeah, I mean, I hope it's women masturbating, but I, I know it isn't. It's always men. It's like the glory hole. Life is like a glory hole, right? I mean, like when there's a wall and you don't know whose mouth's on the other side, it's always a man. It's always the disappointing thing. Okay. So moving on here, uh, I want to talk about uh, this other subreddit. Sorry, it's a, it's a subreddit. This subreddit uh, and about people who go to escorts. And in particular, there's this guy that's been posting on it called Sugar Daddy King 1234 on Reddit, so you can look him up. And uh, he's talking about how he switched from escorts to seeking arrangement. And this is something we've brought up, I mean, tangentially on the podcast before. And I thought, hey, this is a really interesting uh, series of, of things this guy's said. Uh, okay, so so he posts uh, and says um, he loved his escorts. He saw them for 15 years. His body count was over 500. Ooh. By the way, people who go to escorts are called mongers, M-O-N-G-E-R. It's a good word to know. My problem was when I was a monger, it wasn't easy to get bare services, bare services, right? So that's uh, no condom. Plus, if you want to spend the night with a girl, setting me back 2K a night with the brothel taking half. He must have been in Europe or something, or I guess in Nevada. Not a whole lot of brothels in the United States. Anyway, enter seeking arrangement. I was on there for five years. And in those five years, I saw approximately 150 girls. Pretty interesting, huh? So let's see more about this. He had a couple that were 18 months long, like a girlfriend. He, by the way, he posts pictures of them. I'll, I'll post uh, the, a link to this. Um, oh man, some of these photos are 404ing, which is internet ease for not there. Oh, I think they're all 404ing. That's terrible. So we don't get to see the women he had sex with. Fuck. Well, anyway, let's just assume they're hot. I'm sure they are. Okay. So he's going to give us some tips here. He says the beauty of seeking arrangement is you're deal- you aren't dealing with a professional. Who's had hundreds of guys? Of course, he's had hundreds of girls, so he's sort of a professional, but whatever. He says most are girls next door. I mean, I wonder if that's true. He says it's a side hustle for them. I mean, I like I think it's always right to be suspicious. Like he's basically I mean, he must be lying to them, right? He he's not he must be lying to them. He's saying, you know, hey, I've done this a few times. 
when he's, he says his body count is 500, he's, you know, he's not telling the truth on that. So they're probably lying too. And like women are smart. I mean, they're, they know that they're going to do better if they lie to you and they're probably pretty good at it. But okay. He thinks there were girls next door. He says the key is to not treat them like a piece of meat and be really crude when talking to them. You can't talk to them like talking to an escort. You can't use terms like CIP. What is that? Come in pussy. It's hard to figure this out. And BBFS, which I know is bareback full services, full service. They will get creeped out. Look, anybody's creeped out if you ask them for CIP and BBFS. I mean, that's creepy. The benefit, he says, is most will just jump on your dick raw, <laughs> which is, by the way, exactly what BBFS is. So, no questions asked. This guy's, this guy's so gross. It's like the sex you had with your girlfriend when you were 20. The way I made SA easy to deal with is as follows. He gives a five-point list. Number one. Never give your girl money before meeting her. It's always a scam. That I'm sure is true. Two, if a girl asks for money, just meet, uh, just to meet, block her. She's a scam. All right. So the thing I've learned so far is we need to not give money until we like know we're going to get sex. All right. Number three, don't waste time chatting too much with her. Focus on the girls who want to meet. I'm going to guess that that uh, lowers the attractiveness. Unfortunately, all of his pictures of his quote unquote roster here are 404ing, so I can't see them, but I'm going to guess that lowers the attractiveness, but okay. He says, if a girl takes ages to respond or won't meet in three days, move on. Again, I think that's going to, you know, because look, basically he's saying they aren't pros, that they're the girl next door, but then he's, he's saying that like the things that a girl next door would do to qualify him as like a reasonable person, he's immediately refusing to do those things. So I'm a little suspicious, but okay. Five, cut and paste a generic message and send it out daily to girls who are online and who you like. I think I've heard that before. So I believe that's like a a reasonable one. He says, an example is he posts, uh, hi, I really like your profile. Are you interested in a mutually beneficial arrangement? Now I was again, shamefully using the latest social network. And there was a woman on there who uses seeking arrangement. And she said, what did she say? She said that like the vast majority of men just like immediately come on and like, don't be like, Hey, uh, you know, what do you like to do? Who are you like? And then what do you like? And then like question three is like, Hey, do you like a big dick? in your ass or something like the third, you know, they'll immediately uh, ask about sex. And she didn't like that, which makes sense to me. Well, this guy's immediately asking about sex. And he immediately says here in his posting that asking about a mutually beneficial arrangement is code for money for sex. So by the way, I don't see anything wrong with that. I just think that like he's kidding himself when he thinks he's getting people who are not professionals. Like these are professionals. Um, anyway. Okay. So th then he says, look, I had a friend, a friend, who knew nothing about seeking arrangement. He just joined and he got a cute 22 year old girl and he cream bite her on the first date. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice. Uh, I like the terminology, no dinner, no meet and greet straight back to his house and fucked. But remember, she's a girl next door. Not, uh, <laughs> not, not a professional. All right. Um, he even sent her the money by bank transfer after they fucked. She didn't get the money for three days. He's got other girls to meet up with this week. Like, what's the benefit there? I guess that's maybe that turns him on more. The fact that he didn't give her the money for three days. He's like, yeah, look at what I did. Anyway, in his last round seeking, this guy said he saw 70 girls. 40 was bare sex. So this guy like has a lot of STIs. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's believable. I don't know. I mean, I actually don't know exactly what to say here. He says, yeah, bare sex is the norm. There's no screening, no deposit. So essentially what he's saying is SA is some kind of seeking arrangement is some kind of like master key to 
women who are what sound to me like professionals, but then they don't take like reasonable precautions that I think an escort would take. Um, it's kind of interesting. So that's, that's pretty much what this guy posted. And then I, yeah, I, I, uh, Oh, there's a couple of things in the comments here. Someone asked him how much he's paying. You're not supposed to, by the way, on, Oh no, this is a different sub on the having on the, um, the, 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 the sugar baby subreddit, whatever it's called. You're not supposed to talk about money. This is a different one. This is having fun hobbying, which is explicitly about escort. So it's cool to talk about money. He says $500 pay per meet was the average. See that again, sounds very professional to me, right? Like, I mean, the typical concept behind an arrangement is they have the same person. And if they're, you know, like maybe you're helping with rent, well, $500, I mean, let's say you're doing it with them twice a week, once a week. I mean, that's a lot of money, like, or twice a week. I mean, I don't know, like that, that feels low. Sorry, it feels high, uh, but but you know I'm not uh, in the industry. Um, he, you know he said he never tried to haggle. <laughs> I like the idea of haggle. Well, I guess when you hire an escort, you haggle. Um, and then there's a set of people in here complaining at him because they're like, "Look, this is too much time, too much effort. Uh, I'd rather just uh, hire an escort because this is the escorting community." Uh, and by the way, there are people who go on this uh, having fun hobbying subreddit and like post kind of clandestine. I may have said this on the podcast before, like clandestine videos of their, I, look, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't do that. I'm not saying it's like the best thing in the world, but there are people that do it. So if that's a, a thing you're into, apparently there are people who want to hear me read literatica about uh, people having sex with their mom. So there must be someone who wants to see these videos. So if you're into that, jump on it. All right. <clears throat> so this guy here, it's another person from this subreddit, a little different. All right. Actually, the person deleted their account. Can't tell you who it is, but he says he got a porn star experience from a regular hoe. That's pretty good, right? A porn star experience from a regular hoe. All right. He says he had a regular, but at the time he'd been fucking for over a year. I I usually think it's the other way. Like I think he's the regular. You know what I mean? Like he's the John. He's the regular. But okay, he's saying she's the regular, but you know, like she has like a hundred Johns, but okay. They've been fucking over a year. Average and looks a bit pudgy. He doesn't need to say these things, but okay. Submissive, love sex, and cock sucking skills that should be a TED talk. That's, that's a clever turn of phrase. It should be a TED talk tutorial for all hookers looking to make coin with their mouths. And I don't mean talking, LOL. That is pretty funny. So he booked an early morning session with her. As usual, she was late. And punctuality is not her forte. He got really late. And man, she's just super late. And, uh, you know, after showering together, I guess she felt bad because, uh, uh, let's see, she tongue fucked his asshole, face fuck, head over the edge of the bed for some nice throat fucking. And then, um, yeah, like he's basically saying that he didn't have to put on a, a, a condom. One thing I enjoyed about it is that the terminology he used was when she, when they were discussing this, he said, no, babe, I always rubber up. Uh, women, yeah, it's, it's hot when a guy says he rubbers up. That's like a thing that turns women on. Um, so then he's like, look, uh, he, he's basically talking about uh, he wanted to put the condom on. Uh, and she's pleading for uh, raw sex. Um, then he says, and look, this will be a little like the literatica, but he says, um, after fucking her cunt and getting my cock nicely wet, I get her on doggy and tell her I'm a fucker. I'm a IMMA fuck her ass. Put some spit on my cock. Spit on her bunghole. 
<laughs> what is this, Beavis? And goddamn it, can't get the head past her tight asshole. Had her spread her cheeks. Push, push, push. I hope nobody's listening to this podcast like while commuting with someone. Like, if there's like another passenger in your car having to listen to this, I'm sorry. Anyway, I asked her, Where's my cock? In my ass. It hurts a bit, but I feel like a dirty whore. I told her, You are a good whore, and I want my dirty whore to suck my cock and swallow ass to mouth, babe. Oh, God. I pulled out and saw a few shit specks. I'm like, I'm sorry, on my cock. And like a good whore, she sucked it clean, DT down to the base, deep, deep throat, okay. Exploded and swallowed like a good prostitute. And we rested a bit. Went outside for a smoke and back in the room for a second round, but this time I cream pied inside her ass. Like a new ketchup bottle. It was definitely worth the wait. Okay. I don't know if this really happened. Um, yeah. I don't like the part where he said there were specks of shit on his cock. I just don't, I don't think that added to the story. And I think it would, I, it made it a little less believable. Uh, anyway, I, I know you guys enjoyed that treat. All right. Let's move on to another one on the same having fun hobbying subreddit. Um, let's see. This is, uh, this is a guy sort of giving another, he's giving um, advice, his philosophy. I'll try to sort of uh, go, go through this quickly. He's, his username, by the way, is BBFS client, BBFS bareback full service. So he is trying to get the uh, sex without, um, without paying. Okay, so he has a he he pay, he, he copied some texts here uh, that he uses. So his his philosophy is that when he talks to an escort, he wants them to know they're a prostitute. So he says, "I'll just read to you the conversation he had with one of them." Hi, name. Are you available for an in-call? An in-call is like when you go to their place, I think. I want an hour of un unprotected sex and I want to give you a couple cream pies. How much? Like this just, I mean, this feels like a cop, right? If I was receiving this as a woman, I'd be like, okay, this is definitely a policeman. But the response apparently is yes, $200. Interesting. She writes 200 with the dollar sign afterward, which implies like she's not from the US. Okay. He says, awesome. Thank you. What's your address? She doesn't actually give it. She just says, you coming now? I guess he spliced it out. He says, yeah, you ready for sex now, right? She says, yes. May I have your address then, please? Okay, and then, then the address is spliced out. Then he says this. This is his cum shot of like his texts. He says, you're a good prostitute. And then her name. Thank you for all allowing unprotected sex. It's my favorite. I'll see you in 25 minutes. And she says, okay. Now, I mean, here he absolutely sounds like a policeman. <laughs> Basically, his, his advice is to sound as much like a policeman as possible. He's like, thank you for like, just to be clear, uh, we are doing an illegal activity, right? And she says, yes. Uh, okay. Now, uh, then he posts a link to, which is titled helpfully afternoon delight to apparently her, well, it's her naked posterior that he has put his semen into. So, I mean, of course it could just be anyone. And actually I have to say the photo looks like it was taken in the 1970s. So I'm not totally sure this guy's on the up and up. I think it might be just some kid from middle school posting this stuff, but okay. Uh, he says that he spent the first five years of his time in the hobby exclusively having protected sex with prostitutes, oral and vaginal, but he got tired of that, tired of that. So he learned about PrEP, which is a fantastic prescription on the market that if taken as prescribed, will reduce your, reduce your risk of HIV infection by 99%. It's pretty good. Vaccines exist for hepatitis B and HPV. Eh, there's syphilis and gonorrhea that's still of concern, you know, and then he starts talking about herpes. Uh, but you know, it's, uh. He decided, he decided, look, number three, 
always have unprotected sex. By the way, there's another link here called Midnight Snack, which is another sort of semen encrusted. I mean, actually, it's not really encrusted because it's pretty liquid vagina. Okay. And then he moves on to explaining that, you know, he says, and I think a lot of guys would agree, at least in principle with this. He says, unprotected sex. This is great, actually. This guy is some kind of a sex philosopher. Unprotected sex is the best sex and nothing comes remotely close to it. Our bodies have evolved over literally thousands and th- hundreds of thousands of years so that it feels so unbelievably good. We'll spend our entire adult lives craving it. There's no sense in denying this aspect of our humanity, and to give into it is simply an acceptance of the reality of our mortal condition. <laughs> when your bare penis enters your partner's wet vagina, and you feel every groove and ridge inside her body coated in her delicious natural juices, your brain is going to absolutely flood itself with dopamine and make you feel amazing until eventually it drives you to feel so much pleasure that you can no longer hold it back and you erupt with an explosion of your own natural fluids deep inside her. This man's obviously beating off while writing this. These orgasms are truly something special and we should cherish them for the gift that they are, completely natural and intended pinnacle of the human sexual experience. He really, he should send a letter to the American prostitute union and tell them this. He says, any prostitute worth seeing should understand how special this is and be willing, of course, to provide this service. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Uh, and then he says, by the way, there's another picture here. Weekend getaway. Yes, another vagina. Um, okay. Uh, avoid prostitutes that don't have unprotected sex. Yeah, that's what, actually, that's that's smart because you want to get as many STIs as possible. Uh, yeah, if they don't allow it. He says, quite frankly, they don't care about your pleasure. I mean, what is this? This is like some sort of demon. He's on here like basically telling people how to get sick. He's like, here, look, here, here, this, this is like the, uh, the, uh, the sage, the sage, the guru of bad decisions. Um, he says, never deny yourself the pleasures a good prostitute can give you. Good prostitutes are in this line of work because they truly understand what we need and are willing to give it all, yet has nothing to do with wanting money. Uh, pay them what they ask, show them respect, always arrive clean and on time and above all, enjoy yourself. It's meant to be enjoyed and savored. Should be no stress, da, 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 da. but the most important thing is to uh, not wear any protection. And then, I mean, I have to say, there's a lot of people commenting, sort of agreeing with him. So that's uh, your special treat here. Let's move on to some questions uh, in the more traditional mold of our podcast. Um, okay, uh, this one I thought I would be the you know decently expert on because I have more experience with this than my co-host Keith. The topic is my partner's dick is scarily big. I've been here. I know what this is like. Uh, I know that the ladies who write in want to have sex with Keith or want to date him or something, but they're probably afraid of my penis, which makes sense. They should be. Okay. It says, this might sound absolutely crazy to be complaining about, but I don't know what to do. It's a woman. Sorry. I met this really cool guy. And after a few weeks, we decided to start getting it on. We were having fun for a bit. He took his pants off and I saw his sheer size. It's crazy big, but absolutely terrifying. I feel like a lot of girls would love somebody like that, but I'm just in hate the feeling of something big inside me. I hate the feeling of something, but she's going to hate it if she gets pregnant. All right. My gut hurts bad. That's kind of a turn on and it's painful and uncomfortable and I'm not able to enjoy it. I told him about my issues and he just won't accept it and told me I was being ungrateful and hard to please. <laughs> ungrateful. I offered to take care of him, but he refused and fabricated plans and left. I don't know what to do because I really like him, but he's attractive. But my bitch ass is scared of his penis size. Why am I like this? 
Yeah. I mean, uh, if this is even real, uh, I don't, I, I mean, I could see a woman being afraid. Like maybe, yeah, maybe she's had some experiences in her life that make her genuinely scared of like such a large, I mean, it could, yeah, it could hurt. Uh, I really, you know, the, my gut hurts bad. I mean, I'm not sure that's true. Like, I don't think that a guy can actually like be so large that it's like going to puncture her intestines or cause some actual like intestinal pain unless she's like eaten too many burritos that day or something weird is going on. But, uh, I mean, there's some kind of a pain that could happen. She might be misidentifying it and I might, yeah, it might just not work. I mean, the typical problem girth, I think that like women usually can tolerate like length. I mean, you can just be too long. And so you're sort of like poking their cervix or something like that. And that's like a pretty standard issue. Um, but she's like, she's describing it in a way that sounds, uh, like it's maybe a more of a her problem. Like it's sort of unusual for her. Anyway, I'm given to understand that there are women who really like this. Um, you know, there are some women that are sort of size queens out there. This guy can probably find somebody who wants that. And if not, if he switches, if he's able somehow to switch teams and become gay, then I think he'll find uh, a lot of love for that penis. But I mean, like, look, like, you know, there's, there's a lot of respect out there for large penises. I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, I think he'll be fine. Uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, there's not much she can do if it's painful. I mean, I, I think she should move on. It's not going to happen. It's similar to guys with like a micro penis. Like there's just, although for them, like there's probably no one who likes that. Uh, the super large one, she will find somebody or he will rather find somebody who likes it. All right. Next question. My FWB absolutely loves cum. Looking for more ideas to explore this kink. Ah, she loves swallowing my load and facials. She told me she would just love for me just to come on her, on her butt and doggy style her stomach missionary. When we're not together, she even asks for videos of me coming. I could see that. Women, you know, I, I think it's usually like they want to see the man's reaction, not actually like this fluid squirting out of his cock, but okay. It's like she doesn't want to see a video of you peeing, but okay. I would love to try new things with this kink to please her. Any idea? Uh, P.S. We always have protected sex, so cream pie is not on the table. And also like uh, CF, the earlier conversation with the guy who likes escorts, like she's depriving him of the thing that he's evolved hundreds of thousands of years to want. So that's pretty rough. Oh man, you know, people are suggesting incorporating food. Oh, here's a gross one. What about her gargling with your cum? <laughs> Come on. Why you got to go like maximum grossness immediately? Okay. Fucking her breasts and spurting between them or on her nipples. The only boundaries your mutual consent. Okay, that's boring. But look, you could buy fake cum and fill her up with it. Yeah, that's the suggestion that got me banned from the, uh, the cam girl problems subreddit. I asked someone, I had the temerity to ask somebody on there, like if women actually like that, you know, these dildos with fake cum, of course they're all, it's just for the guys enjoyment. No, no woman wants, you know, one of these dildos that squirts out fake nut. Come on. That's not like that. There's a lot of, there's plenty of real nut in the world. You don't need fake nut. Um, oh Jesus. Somebody suggested snowballing. You come in her mouth and she spits it back in yours back and forth. Jesus, what's wrong with people? Uh, I mean, here's my view on this. Uh, she doesn't absolutely love cum. She likes it when you come. She likes it your orgasms. Uh, so, you know, she wants to see different things. She wants you to have fun. Yeah, I know what I'm saying is boring. Uh, and I'm also mansplaining. But that's, that's how it goes. That's what's going on there. All right. Next question. As a man, do you kiss your partner after she gives oral? I know Keith does. I think he does. He doesn't like oral, though. 
Maybe he performs oral on her. Wait, how could you get the semen into her? That wouldn't work. You'd have to snowball. Let's see. She gives him a blow, keeps it in her mouth, snowballs it to Keith. Then Keith gives her oral and sort of squeegees it into her vagina with his mouth. Why am I thinking of that? Uh, I don't know if Keith does this or not. I think he doesn't. Okay. Yeah, right. Because he assiduously avoids the semen. I know that. Okay. Me and my girlfriend, some good grammar at the beginning of this one, were discussing our sex life and we happened to bring up our past experiences. She told me she'd never had a man kiss her after oral sex, him being on the receiving end. She also mentioned that she finds it attractive that I do. I later then brought it up with my buddies. Oh, why? You're just going to get made fun of. Okay, asking them if they kissed their partner after they've received oral. They blew it all out of proportion, calling me names, etc. It's, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, you're, this is like a man who performs auto fellatio. He's going to get made fun of. So I was wondering if as, even though that's impressive, you know, from a, from a, a dexter, from a sort of a aerobic standpoint or like a, you know, how, how flexible you are. So I was wondering if as a man, is it weird to kiss your partner after they give you oral? I'm the dom in the relationship if that helps. This guy says, one of the replies says, she gets anything she wants after oral, a kiss, a taco, a car, I'm down. I don't feel that way. I think the woman gets anything, you know, before you finish. Once you finish, look, I think most guys, when they finish, they're kind of, kind of done. Um, I know we, you know, we've actually gotten some listener feedback that complains about my like strong take on post-nut clarity. Okay, fine. There's some men who either have a short refractory period or still kind of in the mood. Fine. Um, I'm sure that's part of what's going on here is like the weaker your refractory period. The refractory period, by the way, is the period of time when the guy is sort of not into sex after orgasming. Um, I think I, I have to say this. I think in most cases, the guy doesn't want to do it. Um, that it's not like doesn't make him happy. He's doing it because he thinks it'll make you happy. And he's sort of ignoring the presence of the semen in and around your mouth. That being said, I mean, and, and, and the other, th- oh, sorry, the other thing about this is it's very like arousal dependent. Um, Men are fine with this. Like men know that if you're blowing them, if you've been blowing them for five minutes, like some fluid has come out of their penis into your mouth, right? And they'll kiss you then because they're still horny. Um, They won't talk about it, but they will. So, you know, they're getting some fluid there. I mean, they're not avoiding it. Um, But uh, they, after they nut, it changes. So... And somebody asks about whether women will do it. In other words, after a man goes down on them, they will because they don't have the same sort of refractory period issue. If they did, I mean, if women had that, you'd have like the sort of uh, Mexican standoff that you have with gay men where it's like whoever comes first kind of wins because the other guy doesn't want to, you know, it's like, wait, is the guy? Yeah, it's the guy who comes first wins. Um, you know, it's important that one of the partners in a heterosexual relationship be continue to be aroused after orgasming because otherwise like, you wouldn't be able to, it'd be complicated. You wouldn't both be able to orgasm and be happy. So it's tricky, you know, in a, other types of non-heterosexual relationships. Anyway, so I think that's my, my read on that. I don't want to mansplain here, but my read on that is that uh, women have much less of an issue with this than what men typically encounter. Okay. Uh, let's move on. So this is more for the small penis uh, people. Not micro penis, but smaller. Girlfriend didn't feel feel my dick slipping out. I'm confused. Girlfriend seems to really enjoy the sex with me, but she didn't feel it slip out during her on top. She kept grinding and moaned. 
After a bit, I put it back in. How did she not feel that? I'm getting insecure. Yeah, look, this is because, um, like, yeah, women, like, there's not, like, there's a feeling of fullness, but, like, honestly, like, if they're kind of working on their own orgasm, like, what's happening on the exterior is more important on the clit and so forth. And so, like, yeah, I mean, she's not focused on that sensation. She could tell, like, there's less fullness there, but it's, it's not, it's not as important. Um, yeah, I mean, she's grinding on you. One commenter says, this is right. Uh, good commenters today, actually. People are getting these answers reasonably. Yeah, it's, so it's not like a, it's not like a, I was kidding it before when I said it's a small penis question. It's not really like a, a small penis issue. It's, it's just, uh, this is just, um, yeah, that she doesn't actually care. Like men, men want, you know, their penis inserting in the vagina to be like this amazing experience for the woman, but like it just isn't. I mean, it's fine. It's good. But like the thing that actually like gets them over the top is uh, kind of in the front there. It's the clit uh, for the most part. Okay. Next question. Do guys look at girls' assholes while having sex? Well, it depends. I mean, you can't if you're in missionary, right? Okay. I want to give them the best sex. Who doesn't? Uh, but I'm scared. Well, I mean, obviously it's unprotected then, right? If it was protected, it can't be the best because of his evolution. I'm scared that he'll see my asshole. <laughs> he tries to give me oral sex, but then I stop him because he might see my asshole. What should I do? Yeah, this is, do guys really look at a girl's asshole? You can't not as a guy, right? I mean, this is like kind of, this is one of those things that women have to like, you know, deal with. I think women, you know, it's, yeah, women's bodies in some ways wind up being more public than men's. They don't have as much protection in that way. I mean, like women's breasts, men don't have a body part like that that sort of juts out that like you can't kind of hide. There was a recent, I read some interview with uh, about or with her about uh, one of the senators, Senator Cinema from Arizona, is a well-endowed woman. She talks about how uh, she feels like her breast size helps her in negotiations with other senators. I could see that. I mean, men can't, you, it's there. You can't hide it. It's very difficult for a woman to hide it. And this is another way that happens, right? I mean, like, obviously not, this wouldn't help in a Senate negotiation unless something really strange was happening. But um, yeah, I mean, women, you, you can't like, you You know, men have the advantage that like your er erogenous part is kind of sticking out from your body. It's not, um, it doesn't necessitate uh visibility of the butthole, but there's so many positions with a male, female sex where you will see it, but it's really, I mean, a woman basically just has to get over this. Um, probably some women just don't. I mean, you get to see a lot of questions about women who are worried about cleanliness, which makes sense. They should be worried about that, but not like petrified of it. Taking a shower is plenty good. And I mean, people don't have to do analingus. You can just sort of make it so it's not terrible. And like the other thing about this is like, just take a look at porn. Like men are pretty used to seeing it. And I have to say that like, okay, there's always like kind of freaks out there. You'll watch, uh, comments on porn. Well, I don't read too much comments on too many of the comments on porn, but like there are guys that like focus on this and they want to see the butthole a lot. But, um, I think most men just sort of tune it out. That's not what they're looking at, not their primary point of interest. And so, yeah, I mean, you can just like you assure yourself that this guy's seen like men are uh, kind of amateur female proctologists. They've seen a lot of female anuses. So, you know, I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, okay. Next question. Uh, my girlfriend 
called me disgusting and accused me of cheating for using a fleshlight. Fuck. I was just searching for fleshlights, as I said, on Amazon. I don't know why. I was buying something totally unrelated, but I just, you know, always, always got it on my head, my, my brain. I don't have one. Maybe I should get one. I shouldn't say that. A listener will probably send us one. Okay. My girlfriend and I have been together for one year. Last night, I tried initiating sex with her, but she told me no. No big deal. I went into our room to masturbate. She walked in on me and saw me with the flashlight. Okay, I mean, I see the problem. She started screaming at me. Okay, that's unnecessary. Telling me that I was disgusting for even owning something like that. And it was the same thing as cheating. That's not true. I tried telling her that she has toys of her own. Huh, that's interesting. But she told me those are not the same. She left crying and went home. Well, how's it their room, like in plural? Okay. Uh, I tried texting her, but she's not responding. What do I do? Uh, uh, they actually actually answers these questions about it. Her house, their house, whatever. Um, yeah, he says he doesn't use it often because it's cleaning. It's annoying. That makes sense. It's every few months kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, my advice, uh, I don't think, okay. I think this fits into the category of like, uh, we've had like topics in the past where like, or the, the topic of like, there's certain male behaviors that like kind of, oh, oh, a good example of this is like, if you have an MMF threesome and like you do something with the other guy, it kind of grosses a woman out. Like, I think that men using sex toys is like that. It's like emasculating in some way. And so like, as a guy, I would be careful about that. Um, it's not fair, but I just think it's like the reality of how it works uh, that uh, women don't want to see a guy doing that and it kind of grosses them out and it's a double standard, but there are a lot of double standards in life. And I mean, sex in particular has a lot of double standards. Like women get to be more selective than men do on these things. Um, and so, yeah, I would, I, yeah, I mean, I don't think, obviously she's overreacting and being kind of crazy, but that being said, I don't, I think the vast majority of women seeing this would not like it. Just like the vast majority of women wouldn't like to see a guy have sex with another man or like exhibit some other, like kind of in their mind, feminine behavior. And I think using a toy they view as kind of feminine. Typically I realize there are going to be some women who say, no, 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 I'm very enlightened and that's great. But I'm just saying in stereotypical general terms here. Okay. Next question. My boyfriend really wants to have sex with me. Oh, wait. My boyfriend really wants to have sex with me, him, and bring another man. Oh. And I suggested somebody and he went ballistic. So my boyfriend wants to watch me have sex with two men at once, which sort of surprised me. It's the old wobbly age. I wonder if he wants the wobbly age or the DP. Yeah. What's he want there? Okay. Uh, but it's okay. I can learn to deal with it. All right. Uh, I would do it to make him happy because I really want to have sex with him and another woman. So this is not usually how this works, right? So the woman wants the MFF and the guy wants the MMF. This is backward, but okay. It's strange. Well, I suggested somebody and then he said, can't be someone I know already. Uh, she doesn't want, you know, he doesn't want her quote unquote cheating on him. It has to be somebody I'll never see again. And then he picks the ugliest people. Like he won't pick anyone I'm attracted to. Okay. Also, he wants to pick the other woman. What? Okay. Well, I'm now confused because it's like, is it a threesome, a foursome? What's going on here? Uh, I don't think, I think in almost all cases, a woman does not want to have an MMF threesome. Um, like she's, this is like kind of unclear because it's unclear if like it's him and another guy or if it's that she wants him, he wants to see her with two guys. So it's some sort of cuck olding fantasy. Regardless, like these things are pretty tricky. If you uh, get involved in this, you're very likely to kind of disrupt your relationship with this guy. Um, and it's fair to like wonder like if what's going on with this guy, that this is what he's asking for. Um, also like 
it's amazing to me the extent to which women like this just shows i mean there's an element of showing female indifference to like the specifics of sex acts here like she's just like i don't really care like a man would care like if it was like and i think this is true a lot of women would just be like oh all right like if you know if that's what you really want whereas a guy like if if her if his girlfriend was like what i really want i just want to see you with two other dudes being spit roasted i think guys would just be like no <laughs> like they would have a strong opinion about it is the point some guys might really want to do it but again it would be a strong opinion whereas a woman you know it's going to be kind of it's kind of a uh, not as strong uh so so uh, that's where i am on that uh, okay i got one more question we're running out of time uh how long how long does it normally take a man to orgasm from a hand job? Long time. That's the answer. Question. I tried to give my boyfriend a hand job for the first time last night. Oh, big mistake. She's going to need some more arm strength. Make sure you use a, a good position to be able to keep, keep it up. We've been making out and he already made me come by fingering me. So I wanted to return the favor. Yeah. I mean, it's physically a lot easier for a guy to do this to a woman than a woman to do it to a man, unless you're like in the right physical position. She might even, have, yeah, it's tricky. Um, I'm not ready for PIV or oral sex yet. Ah, very young. Okay. I asked him to show me how he gets off and then I tried to mimic the motions. Honestly, the angle was really awkward. See, like I said, and my hand got tired pretty quickly. I'd say after a few minutes, he was clearly enjoying, but was not able to come. And that was clearly frustrating him a little, not frustrated at me, but at himself. <laughs> It's like, damn it, damn it, why am I not coming? Eventually, he had to take over and finish off himself. I just want to know if this is normal. Do I build, need to build up endurance or develop better technique? Here's my advice to you, lady, is a uh, young lady, is you need to use another body part. Um, you're going to have trouble doing this. Uh, yeah, like there, yeah, I mean, you can do a position where you like, where you're doing more what the guy does. And I, I mean, like something like where he's basically sitting in front of you, or you're right behind him, which is kind of creepy. And you're kind of reaching around him like that way. You're at least doing physically what he's doing, but you're still not because like his body's in the way. But if you're like in front of him, it's tricky. Like just look at porn. There's not a whole lot of porn of women being able to successfully do this. Um, you know, uh, someone who might know how, how this works really well. Now that I'm thinking about it is like a person who works at like an Asian, I shouldn't say Asian, just a massage parlor, like a rub and tug. They're probably pretty good at it, right? So there must be a technique that you can sort of get there. I'm guessing a lot of lubrication and yeah, maybe having the guy lie on his back, like on a massage table and having the woman sort of standing would be more amenable. I have seen videos like that before, but I think like the typical thing is she's going to, the woman's going to want like more closeness, physical closeness, like, you know, so she's going to be kind of in front of him. She's going to pick a bad position. It's going to be hard. And like, that's not what he wants anyway. Like he wants, this is the thing is he doesn't want his nut all over your hand. He's seen his nut on hands plenty. It's a thing that a young man has a lot of experience with. He wants his nut in your, let's say mouth. That's where he wants it in the mouth. So just do that because then he'll be happier. Uh, and, and you will too, because it'll work well. Uh, so that's my advice. Like, yeah, it's not, it's not, a. it's not going to work that well. It's gonna be tricky and difficult. All right. So that's uh, episode 64 of Your Mileage May Vary. Uh, thank you if you've persevered through to the end. Um, you, uh, We will be back, I'm sure, with Keith. He's flying back as I speak uh, from the Isles of the Caribbean. So we'll be back in full force next week. Um, be sure to uh, rate and review us. 
on Apple Podcasts uh, or whatever podcast app you use. You can send us questions, feedback, complaints, etc. YMMVpod at gmail.com. You can tweet us at uh, YMMVpod. We have that chorus space, a Facebook group. We've got all the social media stuff. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, we look forward to hearing from people. And uh, as always, tell a friend and help the show grow uh, so we can become the number one sex and relationship show. Thank you and see you next week.